when when I first joined this company, I had kind of carte blanche to, to do anything I wanted to improve how we hired people and, and, and build the culture. Um, and the first thing we did was just rip up job descriptions and, and job ads. On today's Tech Talks, we're talking to Joe Grissom. He's the Chief of Talent at Arrival. This is your twice-weekly technology podcast where we feature interviews with tech leaders and share a little bit of technology news. Hope you enjoy the show. So joining us on today's show, we've got Ali and we've also got Courtney. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi, guys. How are you feeling? A bit nervous. Why? Ali's not particularly <laughs> scary. <laughs> she is. We've not just discussed this earlier. The only person I bite at is Dave. <laughs> Don't worry. Sorry? The only person I bite at is you. Sorry. Okay, good, good. So you're just going to like direct your ire at me to make Courtney feel good. That works. Okay, good. That works. Okay. Uh, so, question. Why was Katy Perry chosen to be ambassador for the British Asian Trust? It is a... a this caused Twitter storm yesterday. Uh, yeah, Twitter, good on you, mate. Yeah. Where is the British... Like, she's not even British. She's not British, she's not Asian. I mean, it's a bit of a problem, right? What, what was her reasoning behind it? Well, in fairness, as the article that cracked me up in The Guardian today pointed out, if you get asked to be the British Asian trustee by Prince Charles because you want to help impoverished children in India and then say no, it does sound like you're being a bit of a knob. It does, but I mean, you could give reasoning. You could just be, you could just call yourself something different. You could right? say, you could say like, this is a really good cause, but you're sure there aren't better qualified people. Yeah, like any British person ever. Who's Asian? Who's <laughs> also Asian? There's quite she's a the few. She's the away possible. <laughs> and she's Katy Perry as well. Yeah. All I can imagine is just the, the music videos and stuff. And can now I she's going to be part of you, <laughs> the California Girls video. Yeah. It's very it's odd. It's not. It's, why? I don't really get it. Listen, I'm sure she's got a good heart. So. Yeah. Good, no, luck, I mean, good luck to her. There is, a, there is a wider point. Like, Obviously, celebrity culture is great to attract attention to important issues but why this out of anything well yeah i mean surely there's better celebrities anyway we'll move on to today's interview oh uh, not a smooth one was it well no i thought about making some pun around arriving arrival i don't know anyway um we've got the chief of talent for arrival joe griston on the show um he's actually a former harvey nash colleague i did see that of. actually worked worked in our australian office for a little while so today we're talking to Joe Griston. Uh, you're the chief of talent at Arrival, a company that I hazard a guess that many people won't have heard of, correct? Uh, correct, yes. Uh, chief of talent at Arrival, um, a company that's gradually coming out of what's being called stealth mode at the moment. So what is the company, if you don't mind me asking, because it's probably a good place to start. Yeah, of course. So Arrival's uh, a company that's making zero emission vehicles for mass adoption. Mm -hmm. um, right now, the automotive industry has a bit of a challenge that uh, creating vehicles from scratch is massively high capital expenditure uh, for very low margin products. And essentially, we're doing everything we can to try and reverse that. Um, what we're saying is that we're building uh, what we call generation two electric mm -hmm. vehicles, uh, which are created, designed and manufactured in a different way. Um, where we can introduce them at price parity to the petrol and diesel vehicles that they're replacing, and then you get the benefits of then 50% reduction in ownership costs. And this isn't consumer, these aren't vehicles that you're going to drive off your drive, they're predominantly for the manufacturing or commercial kind of world, right? Yes, commercial vehicles. So um, there's a van on the website that yep. everyone can see. We've just had some announcements and some uh, orders already for this product. 
Um, but it's a very different type of uh, solution to what one might consider a traditional van. Is it, is it the van that's the background picture or banner picture rather on your LinkedIn? It is, yes. It looks a bit like... Um, a far better version of Johnny Cab if you kind of get the reference I do get the reference as well Total Recall is a movie I've not seen in a long time I mean it looks a lot better it looks like the 21st century version of it but (laughs) our our design chief of design is just out there I'll I'll tell him that that you said that Um, look we we have a um, something that we call intelligent elegance in this company uh, which is a way of working and a a way of um, creating our products and our company which is essentially reduce the complexity maximise the functionality Um, The iPhone is a very good example of Mm. that. If you remember uh, mobile devices before the iPhone, they had buttons on them, um, lots of symbols all over the buttons. You had to press the two button three times to get a C in your text message sort of thing. iPhone comes along, it's a sheet of glass. You you can't get a more minimalistic um, device than that. But because of that, it allowed for apps and software to um, make sure the hardware device was was vastly improved with functionality and massive, massively increased that functionality. So mm. we're almost you know taking that same concept um, to uh, to the, the vehicle platforms now. So if you look at that design um, of that van, you know if something doesn't need to be there, it's not there. Um, it's very simple, it's very elegant, but it's also uh, makes sense uh, functionality wise, which you'll see once these things start uh, start getting in the hands of customers. When you say kind of second generation. Um, if we if we think of the five stages of autonomous vehicles that everyone kind of refers to, and we kind of go, this is this is I'm just kind of trying to place where you are in the industry because we've yeah. had we've had Oxbotica on yeah. the show that you know plug in yeah, software that allows yeah. you to turn a Ford Mondeo into an autonomous vehicle, but yeah. it's kind of level two, level three. So we're, we're not just talking of, autonomy right, right now. So when we say generation two electric vehicle, we're we're saying every electric vehicle so far has been generation one, right? Which is essentially um, traditional vehicles with the added cost of an electric um, drivetrain on that as well and, and batteries and, and weight and, and things like that. Generation 2 is a completely different way of manufacturing these things. Um, so that's why we're calling it Generation 2. Uh, if you talk about autonomous vehicles, yes, you have autonomy level 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Yep. Um, and uh, what we're saying right now is these products will be autonomous ready. Um, so every, what we want to do is is replace as many horrible old polluting disgusting vehicles off the city streets as quickly as we can and replace them with far better zero emission vehicles where far fewer of them are required and it's going to take a few years still for autonomous vehicles to be allowed on on the streets i personally feel that that technology will be ready far quicker than governments will allow for legislation and safety and things like that we're putting a lot of autonomy in our products um not just in once they're being used but in how they're created as well um, however, there's lots of different solutions, especially when it comes to commercial-based vehicles where autonomy can help out. Um, so, you know, an idea would be, uh, you know, a, a van gets driven to a depot at night, um, driver gets out, what happens to that van afterwards? Yep. Can yeah, it you know, go? And, and that's, that's contained um, autonomy, if it were. So um, it can, solutions like that can be ready far quicker, but then there's great, uh, Something that I, I really get a little bit upset about in, in the media is um, if you take Tesla, for an example, their autopilot, every time a Tesla vehicle crashes when it's on autopilot, it's all over the news and mm. it's really, really uh, a negative um, point of view. The amount of lives that autopilot saves daily, um, I don't know what it would be. 1.25 million people die on the roads each year from traffic deaths. The World Health Organization has just said it's the biggest killer of young people, people on the planet um, that there is right now, more than disease. And we accept that, it's kind of crazy. So that technology is reducing 
those stats. I have a car that apparently, if I'm about to crash, will take over and, and, and stop. I, mean, I haven't, haven't seen it in action yet, luckily. So there's a lot of solutions you can talk about, you know, driver assist, lane assist, all those sorts of things. There's a lot of different solutions that aren't looking at full autonomy that you know, can be in all these types of vehicles. So forgive me, that's, that's almost my leap as well, knowing that you've got AI built into various different things in which you're doing within the business. But So it's electric vehicles at the moment that we're pre predominantly focused on. Yes. Cool. So um, you said that you were in stealth mode, and yet you have been able to hire some really interesting people into this business. How, yeah. ma how many employees are you today? 852. 852. Mm -hmm. That's quite difficult to do if no one knows who you are. <laughs> Incredibly challenging to do, yes. I'm, I'm very pleased that you've picked up on that. Um, we have a website that pretty much tells you nothing. We didn't want to create any more vaporware to the industry. Um, so in order to, and it's in a cliched way, we're saying, you know, we must only attract the absolute best people that we can um, and set them loose and allow them to get better mm. as well. Um, and that's quite hard uh, where in the previous five years that we've been operating, um, there has been very limited information around about us. Um, and a lot of people have no idea um, about the depth of uh, technology that's being created here. Um, there is no careers page on our site. It's a very simple form that says, hey, if you want to join us, um, you know, send us your details. So we've had to recruit in a very different way uh, to most, yes, but I'm quite proud of what we've been able to achieve and also the culture we've been able to, to, to build up with that as well. So I suppose it would be interesting to know, first of all, how you go about attracting people. And I, I imagine that's probably the least interesting bit. I imagine that's that's traditional headhunting, you reaching out to people that you think can come and add value. But then the process of how you actually bring them into the organization, from what you were saying before we hit record, is really quite yeah. ripping up the sheet and starting all over again. Well, let me, let me talk about that in a little bit of detail, if that's okay, because yeah, this is what I find really, really interesting. And this is, I'm still amazed at how traditional and legacy-driven most recruitment processes are. Um, people talk about the war for talent uh, that's out there. Um, a company will be defined by its people if they can execute and operate in the right way. Um, that's really, really going to help out their success. So the people are, are vastly important. Um, and I say, you know, if if our team, our talent team in the business that's responsible for bringing everyone in and keeping them happy, if we get our job wrong, everything falls over. So it's vital we get it right. Um, so if you look at how we attract people, yes, we, we headhunt. Headhunt, it's not hard to find, you know, people online at the moment. Um, but there's different ways of headhunting. Um, you know, I, I'll talk openly in, in this. I, I will never use a, a LinkedIn email, for example. That costs money. LinkedIn is, is created to make LinkedIn money, not to help people recruit. That's their ultimate mm -hmm. def, uh, goal. Um, and I get, honestly, I get about 50 LinkedIn emails per day, and they're all very salesy. And I kind of ignore them because of that, because I've got a lot of other stuff going on as well. So we stay away from that. Other companies don't. We headhunt in slightly different ways. We can still use LinkedIn because it's a very useful product, but do it in a very different way. We just connect with everyone, send them a message saying, hey, you want to chat? You know, the, 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 the less you tell people, the more intrigued they can be to have a conversation. Um, so we've got a 90% hit rate in doing that. Um, and then in chatting, what we do is very clearly define the, um, the, the vision of what we're trying to achieve here, which is basically to uh, allow cities to handle bigger populations ultimately. Initially, that's by looking at solutions around transport, because each city is defined by its transport networks. Um, but you talk about you know, bigger things and people are interested in this. Um, the, the, 
uh, you know, the, the population of the planet's doubled in the last 50 years. Um, mm. What it's going to be like another 10, 20, 30 years, we can't define. That's going to cause um, lots of issues. So let's talk about solutions that can help everyday lives. And this is kind of where technology now is allowing us to build better forms of transport to try and um, alleviate some of these um, issues of overcrowding within cities as well. And most companies don't talk about this kind of big vision. So, you know, it's, hey, we're a fintech app and this is what we do. What we want to do is, is um, bring emotionally intelligent people on board um, that can combine that emotional intelligence with just raw curiosity um, in how the world works. We look for, you know, hopefully very intelligent, well-educated people. Um, and it's about how we talk to them. So the, the one issue I have with what we do is it's not very scalable because um, I want to try and scale everything. But we have to have a big conversation with people, first of all, um, to make them understand everything that's going on here. Um, and then once we've done that, we invite people in. Now, this is where we started to get quite experimental with what we were up to. Just a quick point before we yeah. move on to that. Uh, the 850 people, yeah. where are they predominantly based? Does that matter to you? Uh, I mean, yes, it will matter, but obviously, but... Yes, it matters to us. Um, it matters to us because we are, we class, we're a tech company, we're a software company enabling hardware is how we define what we're up to at the mm. moment. Now, if you're a software company, you can work remotely. Um, when you're creating hardware, physical products together, it does help to get people in, in, in certain areas. Uh, when we rapid prototype physical products as well, it does help to get everyone around kind of you know, hand building these things sometimes. So that um, just makes your job harder. Yes, very much so. <laughs> um, but we've got, uh, we're, we're headquartered in, in the UK, in London. Um, we've got R&D facilities uh, throughout kind of the UK countryside and a couple of other locations on the outskirts of London. Um, we're in Berlin, we're in Stuttgart, we're in Moscow, we're in St. Petersburg um, and Los Angeles now as well. Um, and look, we'll go basically where we're required. We're, we're just launching an operation in Amsterdam as well um, because there's some amazing talent out so uh, we are flexible as much as we can be to this but at the same point in time when you come into a place of work we want it to be alive we want it to be thriving with ideas yes um, and that's very hard to do if you're sat on your own remotely a lot of the time as well because it's, it's, it's amazing as people might be to be that self-disciplined yeah. to constantly drive when you're on your own it is quite challenging when I hear about businesses like yours I always and this might be really cheesy but I always think of Apollo 13 Yep. You know the scene when they're trying to kind of basically reinvent, they, they realise that they're leaking air yeah. and they just, just get all of their, the best minds in a room and go, here are all the parts, yep. make it work. Yeah, You've basically defined our daily operation essentially. Right. So anyway, you get people in to have a conversation with you. Yeah, so look, we when, when I first joined this company, I had kind of carte blanche to, to do anything I wanted to improve how we hired people and, and, and build the culture. Um, and the first thing we did was just rip up job descriptions and, and job ads. Um, I don't understand if you, you take your standard job ad, ad at the moment and it will say, you know, must have, we need someone very good who must have worked in this industry for a minimum of 10 years, must have, you know, used this software for a minimum of five years, otherwise you're deemed to not be good enough. And my thought is kind of, well, hang on, if you do something every single day of your life and it takes you five years to become good at it, you're probably not amazing. And that means that this company might employ a lot of people that aren't amazing. So uh, we kind of scrapped that, um, you know, if you, if you haven't done something before, you can pick it up, you know, very quickly. We hire on potential um, more than past experience. Genuinely, this sounds a bit corny, but we are creating technology that's not really existed before. So no one's done this before, really. And it's great to have external points of view. Um, you know, it's like marking your own homework if everyone's from exactly the same background with the exact same thoughts have been taught in exactly the same way. So we want people who are gonna be inquisitive and question everything constantly. Mm. 
Um, so what we do is we understand the skills and abilities and knowledge we don't have in the company. We go and we headhunt people that hopefully will have that. We have our initial introduction where we tell people about the vision and, and a lot of what we're doing. And then we bring them in and essentially exactly what you just said about Apollo 13. We sit them down with the people that they'd be working with and say, hey, this is our challenge how do we get there let's talk about ideas that we can do and through that process which can take a couple of hours we understand how people think where their skills lie what their interests are and how they can make the biggest impact that they can in joining us and then a lot of the time we say to them right great thanks write your job description send it back to us um, and if it's something that we will agree with that's the job that you'll have now would i be Curious there, I don't think hierarchical structures are necessarily what everyone has to go down, but if you think about the way that most businesses operate, it's to say, right, here's headcount, here's budget, this person needs this, this person needs this. If someone's going away and writing their own job description, you're then having to fit them in kind of pieces of a puzzle to go, well, they they could maybe sit under this person or this person. And then you're not developing, or you, as an internal head of talent, I suppose, aren't able to maybe sit down at the beginning of the year and go, right, this person, we can develop their managerial skills because we need to hire five people under them. Yeah. That, that must make it complicated. So you've just hit upon the biggest challenge of my job at the moment um, in, in, in doing that. Now we do that because it's vital to create better products and people are aligned to the culture um, before they join us and they're involved and they've made decisions to our company before they've even joined us, which is very rare. Um, so what we do to then um, understand how those pieces of the puzzle fit together is we understand the different types of people to headhunt initially who would work well with these different individuals to have like a complete team with a lot of different viewpoints. Um, we set them loose on their challenges. As a company, every single bit of information and data internally is open to anyone who wants to look at it. From Mm. the moment you step into our doors on your first day, you have full access to our wiki, which has full access of all data that we have and all products that we have. Um, Our chat systems have daily progress uh, updates where people post videos and pictures of the completed work they've had that day. We have two and a half years of backdated history of that you can look into. Um, We have all hands meetings uh, where we uh, um, uh, have a meeting that's broadcast live to every office that we have um, where product teams talk about what they're up to, what they're doing, uh, talk about ideas, problems that they have. Uh, We then have an open Ask Me Anything session with the CEO after that as well. We're doing that because we don't want to hide anything because we want people to step up and maybe they've worked here for six months or a year and they go, you know what, guys, this has been amazing. But what's happening in this other product team, I love. I have no idea about it, but I want to go do it. And we mm. try and facilitate and say, right, go work on that. We want to get people that always work on stuff that excites them um, and always working with people that inspire them. The theory of if we get this right is that everyone becomes better because of what they do each day and who they work with each day. Yep. I lucked into this a while ago in my career where I joined a company and I remember the first week I was just on Wikipedia all the time just trying to follow conversations and what they meant. I didn't know what it was. And about six months later, I was like, I'm so much better because of what I do. And for me, that was so rewarding. So we're trying to um, you know, set that up here so everyone can feel like that. At the same point in time, making sure the technology is always groundbreaking, which keeps people's passions alive for what they're doing. But at the same point in time, um, I don't know if you've seen this, there's a a very um, simple presentation called How Google Works um, that was written by the founders a number of years ago. Just um, Google it. Um, uh, It it comes up and there's a slide that they've got in there that says center the company around the people that make the biggest impact. Um, And that's what we do here as well. Uh, So there's a guide to the guy running 
the van project right now. Um, he joined as a very entry-level design engineer in the van team. Within three months, he was running the entire program. He was that good, and it was obvious. So we keep all the teams quite small. Um, Jeff Bezos once said, never have a team you can't feed on two takeout pizzas, otherwise it's too big. Um, because if you keep it small, it's manageable. You can, uh, no, you can feed a lot of people with a 15 inch pizza. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> but you can understand uh, yeah. issues before they come up. You avoid the 80-20 rule, if you know that. Um, yeah. A group, big group of people, 80, that's 20% of people always do 80% of the work. Um, but when we are then able to reward people, because we can see the impact that everyone's having, push them in directions that they want to go to, um, then it facilitates them feeling great in their career and what they're doing. It is not perfect, and I will be very, very open with saying that. And the biggest issue that we have internally as a company right now is we've grown a bit too quickly. Um, and uh, I, I do constantly kind of surveys amongst all the staff in what's working, what's not working. Um, and part of the response from them was, look, the talent team, yeah, you guys are fantastic, but you're so focused on building the numbers, you're taking your um, concentration off actually giving people careers and, and making right. us um, learn and develop. So that's something we're definitely um, paying more attention to now. Um, there is no right way of dealing with people. Um, what we want to avoid is uh, what happens in pretty much every company on the planet, which someone joins a company, does one job for a couple of years, gets bored and leaves them for something else. Uh, the younger generations uh, are changing jobs far more often because they want to uh, work on different things, different technology, different products. And we're allowing that internally. There's many uh, people here. Um, our second ever engineer we hired, he's, he's built about five different vehicle platforms so far. Um, and right now he's looking after our composite center. Um, because he hadn't done that before. He just wants to constantly learn and get better. So there's the aspect of, of getting better because of what you know, but then there's the aspect of how do we teach people to be better leaders? Um, how do we teach people to, uh, to manage people uh, better? And that's, that's a big challenge because there is no right way of doing that. Um, you know, people's emotions, uh, no one's ever been able to master. Um, and, and we're constantly experimenting with different ways that we can, uh, we can help facilitate that as we grow as a company. Well, look, I think it's a fascinating and candid insight into a slightly unusual way of trying to build a company, but obviously working given that you're so far. 850 people. <laughs> yeah. uh, very quickly, if someone does listen to this and go, hey, that sounds interesting, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Uh, Joe at arrival.com. Um, it's something that's quite interesting to me is I look at my counterparts at other companies and it's impossible to contact them. Why? Again, reduce the complexity, maximize the functionality, send me yeah. an email. Um, or we've just got a, um, a very simple web form on, on our webpage that says, hey, if you want to join us, send us your details. That goes to me and, and all the team that, that we have here in, in the talent area. Um, and hopefully we'll respond to that very, very quickly. Um, but yeah, joe at arrival.com. Well, look, it's been a fascinating chat. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Pleasure. So, uh, the latest British unicorn business, uh, automotive, green, renewable energy, and redesigning cars, which actually, frankly, people have been building in exactly the same way for many, many years without really thinking about it. If you think about, uh, I, don't, I think he mentions it in the interview, Tesla. he talks about Tesla, but he also, I think, I can't remember if he mentioned this in the meeting before we hit record or during the interview, so you have to forgive me, but he talks about the fact that like Jaguar, when they get asked to build a new car, before, right, yeah. so he mentioned this outside the interview, he was like, if they get asked to build a new car, they just build a more expensive petrol car. They don't think yeah. about building something that's particularly forward thinking. Mm. So here we have a business who are trying to build something a bit different. Right. 
So, but, the, but there, they decided to head on first. What they're going to do is they're going to build the big vans. Is that... Yes. That, yeah. So, it's commercial vehicles. So, it's commercial Buses, vehicles. vans, those kind of yeah, things. Yeah, I mean, that will domino effect to the little ones eventually. Mm-hmm. If you think of it, especially in places like London, those are pretty much the the vehicles that are on the road, right? Yes. Everyone else, Everyone else travels by underground and um, like you, we said Dave doesn't drive yeah there are a lot of people like Dave out there I like that you're laughing at me already Courtney though I mean, Christ I was just very very shocked when I heard it I obviously look like the kind of person who does drive I just assume and I think this is very bad of me but I just assume <laughs> everyone kind of learns around 17 18 mm. and then, uh, but then wasn't again, bothered. when I grew up there was no public tra- where I grew up there's no public transport so you kind of have to um, yeah, fair which enough. you have realised now. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I feel good about myself. No, <laughs> talking about uh, people feeling good about themselves, though, yep. their interview process is a bit different. I'm not, about, not about kind of here's a piece of paper and let's critique you against it. It's let's come in and talk about what you're good at and and see yeah. if that can that can add value. I love that approach. Yeah, and it made me think: Is this the way forward in recruitment? Obviously, not all companies could follow this or maybe we could merge like they can merge the new and the old together well you say that why not exactly what do you mean why not all companies why do this I I think it'd be very difficult for a traditional hierarchical corporate business to transition to this point but there's no reason that a new that any new business couldn't go actually this is an approach that we want to copy and adopt ourselves Yeah. yeah I was very impressed by what he was saying and that straight away he's letting people make decisions and actually trust these individuals before mm. any contract is signed just shows how much they care about their people mm. already yeah. and that, that then people don't even work there. Yeah. Where he talks about you can kind of go through the website, apply through the website oh, right yeah. at the very end. Apparently there's an error on the form uh, that wasn't meant to be there originally and someone picked up on it and said there's an error on your form by the way and got in touch and said, just thought I'd let you know. And they went, actually come in for an interview because you've pointed out that there's an error and not just left it. So now they've deliberately left the error on their website so that if, if people notice it and have they have if they kind of go, oh, by the way, there's an error, you should you guys should know because it shows, again, something a bit different, yeah. which is just slightly random outside the box thinking that I, I like that. helps you spot, oh, this person's this different. Kind of, exactly. Yeah. But throughout the whole the whole interview, I was smiling throughout there because I mean, Dave knows I'm people, 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 emotional, intelligent. That, that's my mind yeah. works like that. And the whole interview, I was just smiling because I, you could just really pick up that they understand. What did he say? He said that um, they hire for potential, not mm. experience. Yeah. When he said that, I thought to myself, "Wow." Yeah, I mean, there is wow. that there is that thing like if you are looking for someone who's got five years worth of experience in any given Mm. skill Mm. who's to say that their five years worth of experience is brilliant they might be good at that job but there's no reason that someone with two years experience who's learning could be better if given the exposure it's kind of limiting your horizons to a certain i suppose if you look at it from that perspective do you think maybe that's the reason why people only kind of want to go for because now I find people are moving towards want to work for a startup yeah. as opposed to a big 
kind of corporate company? Do you think that's the reason? Because these startups are thinking more outside the box like that? I think there's that big push, isn't there, around continual learning. And if you if you want to learn continuously in a job, you are more likely to do it in a business that's growing rapidly yeah. and gives you the opportunities yeah. to try stuff rather than going, these are the parameters of what you do and you do this. You're not just a, with these big firms. Sometimes people feel like just a number and just an just an addition and, and that may, may and, or may not be fair but yeah. yeah but then in a startup especially in this one they've got the opportunity to pick up on different areas that they've not even thought of before yeah. and actually be an individual helping the company rather than like well helping the company grow rather than just helping it maintain yes and just business as usual yeah I think that's fair it's, yeah and also I, I just want to point out one other thing is yeah. the fact that when you were chatting, when you said at the end of the interview, you're like, so how do you, how do people want to reach out? How do they? He just went and gave you his email address. Because he was like, why make it difficult? Why make it yeah. harder than it needs to be? Have you emailed him yet? If I, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she wouldn't admit. So I did. I, uh, no, I, I, haven't, I haven't emailed you, Joe, and I'd, I'm not going to because I've, I've got big hopes for Harvey Nash, but um, I, I just think it was. Yeah. She's speechless. I, she's she's got a bit red, actually. If I'm emailing Joe, it's... But, but, but on that point, look, I'm, I'm teasing you slightly because he thought he looked rather attractive in his photo. But, um, <laughs> he did talk about the fact that Arrival have done things in a way that is not seen as normal by the rest of the industry. So, again, he said this outside the interview. LinkedIn got in touch with him and said... You yeah, it's fine. Um, LinkedIn said, you can't be like in one of our top 20 companies for like hiring because, because you're not using LinkedIn like we tell you that you should be using it. And he said, well, who well maybe, that's, you? maybe that's it's, why. I liked that when he started talking about LinkedIn, because obviously we are recruiters mm, um, yeah, and yeah. use LinkedIn mm. every single day. And the way that they use it and actually connect and obviously... You try. You try and connect with anyone that you speak to or want to speak to, but sometimes people don't accept. Mm. And I'm sure their their thought process is if they don't accept, then they're not open. They're not. They don't want to be involved. Whereas LinkedIn emails are a bit sneaky and like the sense of mm. that's probably what they're trying to get away from. Yeah, they want it, they want to have the chat. And if you're building a company in stealth mode, it stands to reason that um, if you do. Uh, if you do what everyone else is doing, you're going to get the same results. It's going to be an uphill struggle. So you've yeah. got to do everything a little bit back to front and in a way that's not the convention or the norm. Mm. They just like to be very open yeah. with their employees and with their prospective candidates. Well, look, we are we are absolutely gushing over arrival, aren't we? We yeah. are, a little bit. We are. Uh, thank you, Joe, for coming on the show. And uh, we're going to have a quick break and then we'll come back with some news. Once a month, Tech Talks opens The Tuck Shop, a YouTube tech news roundup, which is kindly carried by Disruptive Live. Disruptive Live is the UK's first and only 24-7 TV channel for the technology industry. Stay up to date with all the latest industry news by following our regular talk shows broadcast live across the Disruptive Live website and social media channels. You can also catch Disruptive Live at some of the largest global technology events, broadcasting from London, Manchester, Singapore, Dubai, and many more. 
Welcome back to Tech Talks. Uh, we've got a quick bit of tech news then to round the week off. Um, Tinder to add new features, including tools to filter matches, text, and photo prompts. I don't know why you two are laughing at this. It's just so much. There's so much thought process into Tinder. So what? What are, what are the new the new tools? Well, okay. So let's let's have a quick look. In December, dating app Bumble announced new tools to filter match by more than just age and distance. Now it seems Tinder is poised to do the same. Their parent company, Match Group, this week announced plans to expand its filtering capabilities alongside other product updates, such as new social engagement features and a forthcoming international launch for its interactive in-app experience called Swipe Night. Oh. That sounds terrible. Oh, the company was light on details about how the new filters <laughs> would work, but it did say that they would both be free and paid options in Bumble's case, uh, and the company's offered data's two filters for free, but to add was a, more was a paid upgrade. This is interesting. Right, I, I met my wife through online dating. Really? Did you? Yeah, so look, I'm not taking the piss here at this kind of stuff. <laughs> I use Match.com. Really? So I always find this stuff quite interesting, like wow. how, how the whole market's developed. Because when, when we met, it was still a little bit weird. How did it, how did it go? Uh, well, no, so basically... <laughs> Go on, tell us your love story. Uh, um, I'd broken up from a long-term relationship and basically had no interest in going and talking to people in bars. Stop playing a small boy violin. Uh, and, and yeah, like it was a Friday night and the last thing I wanted to do was like chat to random people. So Paul Yates, of all people, said, why don't you just go and try online dating for a bit? And I was like, really? Anyway, so I signed up to Match. I kind of treated it a bit like a recruitment platform. <laughs> Because I wasn't so recruiting much. at the time. Because it was just like, all right, here's a message that Key I think word. looks quite nice. And so it was All like... the punctuation. Well, yeah, it was... No, it was like, send out, send out, send out, see what comes back. It was almost Thanks, like... yeah, David. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't like me saying this. But when I met Hayley's profile, when I saw Hayley's profile, I did actually write a proper individual. Hi, Hayley. How are you? Question mark. <laughs> no. No, it wasn't. I'd like to think that I was slightly more eloquent than Slick. you're imagining. Yeah. Um... But yes, so I do have some experience of online dating, although not Tinder. I'd imagine that uh, I don't. So uh, all my lovers found me. I've never actually been. On, <laughs> I've never actually been on an online dating site ever. Best I best I don't line. Know how it works. Best line. I think I've heard. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how it works. I don't, okay. I've never even written out a profile. I, I had it for about a week. Um, we yeah, very long time. Determination. So Bumble is the one, correct me if I'm wrong, where men can't contact yeah, women. I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A female yes. has to contact the, the man guy. first. Yes. Yeah, all yes. the boys have it in the, in the office. Yeah. yeah. So they're just waiting for someone yeah. to find them, to find like Ali was yeah. found. Yes, exactly like that. Right, so, so they're adding filters. Yeah. What filters would you want to see? Height. I think height is so important. So actually one of them, uh, I think it's Hinge, says the height. Could we That's one of the top three so things they show. Height. They show if you don't, if you smoke or you don't smoke, you drink. Smoke or don't smoke. That's a good. Thing. Um, there's the drink if you have like low, moderate, high, and then it does. Also the height. So Matt, I don't know about Tinder. Obviously, Tinder doesn't have those. No, it's just things. purely based because on because Match age did have height. Ooh, preferred brand of shoe. Preferred brand of shoe. Is that even a thing? No, no, no. Seriously, it tells so much about the person. If they're Vans, if they're Adidas, if they're Converse, they like they get to they get to pick a top three. A shoe type tells a lot about a guy. Okay. Like I'm not gonna go. For, uh, for, yeah, sorry. Would you would you go for a guy who wears Converse? Yes. What about Timberlands? Because I feel like they are more. Yeah, yeah Timberlands what? are great. Um, <laughs> I feel like they are more like 
music music taste music taste yeah. as well that music is really taste because there's a lot of times when eHarmony does stuff like that though, yeah right? I think a lot of the other like that I think Tinder is very better which is why I don't think it should change because there's so many different apps around there that do all these extra filters so whereas, if you want them you can go yeah find whereas them. Tinder is just has been and always will be or well not anymore but swipe right the, swipe left swipe right swipe yeah. left you can do a super like which they introduce I Again, this is not on the week that I had it. Super like. Super like, would you pay for? Um, and then like it's just the it's just the photo and the the age, and it's, it's I don't yeah you've got. I'd say I, I like genuinely kind of had stressy moments where I was like, where it asks you body type, when I was like twenty six, <laughs> and I was like, am I average or am I athletic? Because like if you say athletic, then you're probably overselling yourself, and if you're saying you're average, it's like I'm like underselling myself. Average, average like. Can you That's do like between harsh. Give, give, giving yourself like it was something you like, have like a one of those like a slide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I like I like the drinking one. I I because I like going out. Yes, and <laughs> and I think if someone didn't like going out, then it that, that, would, that would be an issue. Just yeah. to point out, you can go out and not drink, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I did it for like two weeks in Jan. <laughs> Dry Jan. Okay, so shoes and music. Yeah. Shoes and music. Uh, yeah. And interests is a good one because I don't think Tinder actually has that. That's too broad. Okay. No, it's just, <laughs> that's, I feel like that's really broad. Broaden it down. If you had to pick one thing about a guy, go. Oh, oh sporty. I, I like someone that's into their sport. Yeah, and if they don't, it's a bit weird. Okay, it's loosely tech, but it's interesting. It's the way the world works. Tech has transformed dating. So yes, it has, tech. definitely. Courtney, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Well, come back. And uh, Ali, uh, you're kicked off. <laughs> that's not way you're going to be. You're clearly going to be welcome back. Uh, thank you, thanks guys. for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>